Disciplined Investor is all about you, your money, and the markets. Sit back and get ready for this edition of the Disciplined Investor Podcast. This episode of The Disciplined Investor is sponsored by Horowitz & Company. If you're looking for a portfolio manager, look no further. Horowitz & Company, from seed through harvest, cultivating financial success. We got Fed taper discussions. We got China issues. We got a theme this week, follow the leader and the pandemic. Will it slow growth? And our guest today... Sean Brown from Y-Charts, all this and much more on episode number 728 of the Disciplined Investor Podcast. And a great big hello to you and welcome to this edition, this episode of the Disciplined Investor Podcast. I'm Andrew Horowitz. I am your host. I'm also the principal. I am the president and the founder of Horowitz & Company, Inc. We are an investment advisory firm. And the reason why I tell you that is because you need to understand that what we talk about today and each and every week on the podcast is much more about reality. In fact, this is not theory. This is not some academic, theoretical, well, maybe. No, these are what we act on and deal with each and every day in our business. The topics, the concepts, and what we go through. And one of the things that we've been talking about over the last number of weeks is the psychology of the markets. We've talked about how there is a an absolute link between the psychological implications of what is going on around the world as well as how it then plays out in markets. More so, more so that than a lot of the other issues with relation to, well, maybe this, the, the fundamentals, maybe some of the other things. But at the same time, they're all tied together, sometimes more loosely than other times and sometimes, you know, very, very tightly. Well, today we're going to talk with Sean Brown because I want to really bring together how you go from and take that leap from the concept of theory of what it is that we're looking at and conceptually looking at information from what is the psychological standpoint to how then to turn that into usable investment ideas. And Sean Brown is with Y Charts and we use Y Charts and we think that there's a lot of opportunity to really understand what I call the three pillars of research. And we'll get to that with him in a bit. But before we do that, I want to talk about the Fed tapering discussions that we saw this week. And, you know, it's funny because there's been a lot of discussion out there about, well, is the Fed going to pull back? And what does that mean? And, oh, my gosh, you know, we've seen this before and, and the taper tantrum and the concern. And the Fed has really yet to be very vocal about what their plans are going to be. They, they've preferred to, I would call it, send up trial balloons with various Fed speakers trying to extract what is the market sentiment on all of this. Now, when they came out their latest minutes last week, I counted specifically the amount of times that they came out with either the concept and the word, the exact word of taper or tapering. Taper or tapering is 16 different mentions throughout the minutes. That was significant because they are taking notice and being outward about the idea that they are going to have something in the future. And, and with that, we have to pay attention. Because what does that mean? How did the market react? Well, at first, when the minutes came out, there was... Uh, when I when I first got it and I first started going through it right on the 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 the, um, the release, it was clear the first couple of lines were a walk back. Hey, it's not so bad. There's a you know markets are overemphasizing this and that, so that was something to really pay attention to, and markets on the release went straight up. As you got further into the read, and as you went through this, 
there was a realization that there was a lot more about what they were planning on doing and their outlook on how we've gotten to a point that is pretty good, both economically and from the perspective of employment. And then markets started turning down. I think people were reading through this maybe, and the machines took a second to really grasp the fact that the Fed was pretty serious about the potential for tapering sometime, maybe towards the end or at least beyond this point this year, 2021. So here we are, we see this big downstroke. One of the things I thought was really interesting, and I think I mentioned this also uh, several times, I think to our clients in our daily writings, or I think I mentioned on Twitter, somewhere I, I mentioned this a few different times, we didn't see the bonds really move up as you would expect that to be. The thought of tapering would initially provide you with the idea that there's going to be an increase in the yield. There was not enough buying going on. Therefore, we're going to see yields go up. In fact, that did not happen. Now, maybe there was some concern about, hey, we need to get out of equities. Let's rotate into bonds. But you usually wouldn't see that kind of response necessarily with the thought that yields were going to go up. Actually, I would have thought that we would have saw, saw a, a sell-off in both bonds and stocks simultaneously on that note from that backdrop. That did not happen. In fact, yields moved lower. What that told me was that market participants really don't believe that there's any significant taper that is coming. And if, in fact, the Fed does start to slow down their purchases, what is that going to mean? Well, that probably means not much. So that's what I got out of that. So here we are towards the end of the week, a down week for markets, generally speaking. The small caps took it in the kiss of pretty good. Uh, large caps did a lot better. Of course, we did see the move from the bounce off the 50-day moving average for the Dow Jones Industrial Average. We saw that there was a significant move very close to the 50-day on the S&P. And why I tell you about that is because I think technicals really matter right now. Things are not allowed to really get smoked. With all the liquidity out there, why let it? Even though we have as an economic backdrop this inflation issue, we're going to see more about that next week with the PCE numbers that come out again. We're seeing that the housing market slowing down. Employment is much better than was expected. We did see, and I saw, uh, showed you this on Twitter. You can follow me at Andrew Horowitz, one word. On Twitter, I talked about how, you know what, the ISM, both the manufacturing and the services, and when you look at the combination in, in, a, in a survey uh, in totality, and you put that together the way we do in a series it looks pretty good. Really not a lot to be too worried about unless something bizarre happens. And is that point the fact that we are seeing an uptick in concern? I don't know about you, but I've been talking to a lot of people and they are starting to once again talk about the pandemic, the Delta variant, possibility of staying indoors, possibility of, of voluntarily wearing masks, not going out as much, not traveling. Everybody was really excited for a while, and then all of a sudden it shut down in terms of the conversation. Now, whether or not we're going to see that follow through in restaurants, in uh, travel, in malls, in shopping, and in stores, we'll have to see. But the other thing that was really interesting this week that I really wanted to bring to your attention was China. China was continuing to hammer capitalism. Now, you know I'm a big fan of China, generally speaking. This now takes me a little bit as a, I got to step back. Because what I saw here was an assault on capitalism. And it was the idea of spreading the wealth. And I can agree in a communist society, that's what it's all about. So I'm not going to argue with that. However, the way this went about and the attack on the tech companies, social media companies, for-profit education, other companies that said, you know what? Hey, you know, we allowed you. Essentially, this is what they're saying. We allowed you to make money all these years and really bring up the wealth for the owners and the founders. However, we're not letting that go on much longer. In fact, we want those profits to be shared. And once again, you got to remember, this is communism. It's socialism where the individual is important, obviously, more important than the uh, 
the individual, the average, the person, the people are more important than, let's say, uh, one person making money. So what they've done is decided to attack capitalism. And no wonder why there has been an absolute disaster with their technology sector and their stocks in general. Many of the big names, you know, you know them like the Alibabas and and the um, Baidus and, you know, look at what happened with Didi recently. Look at what happened with the ETF K-Web, K-W-E-B. It's down 50% from its high recently. This is the Chinese uh, shares that we call the tech leaders, if you will. But you look at all these and they're down substantially. And, and the problem was that everybody is saying, you know what? Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Are you telling me that the government is going to confiscate profits to then redistribute out to people in general? Are you telling me that we are going to weigh the people over profitability? Well, yes, that's what they're telling you. There's no, that's not a, that's not a secret. We know they could do this. This is a big problem. This is why everybody fears true communism, true, true socialism. Because the, redistribu- the redistribution of wealth is real. Now, these have become oversold to a point that there is such negative bias and hatred towards what is potentially happening. You had to find somewhere there's going to be a bounce, and Friday was that point when we did see that bounce. But I got to tell you something. I think there's a great opportunity long-term. China's not stupid. They're going to make sure there's still profitability of not only these various companies, but also the state-run and state-owned. So I think there's something to be said about uh, looking at these really off these incredible lows. Obviously, something that we added into our TDI managed growth strategy last week. Um, But I think it's something really to do your research on and look at. The charts look abysmal. You have to wonder if this is one of those blood-in-the-street kind of opportunities to grab onto. Something to consider. Just think about it. Now, a couple of things to talk about. Uh, Let's see here. The theme of this week, follow the leader. So I I was thinking about this and this follow the leader. Well, what we're seeing is a big sell-off in the underlying small-cap sector of the market indices And what they're looking for, I think, right now, due to the uncertainty that we're seeing, whether it's in Afghanistan, the world, Europe, whether we're seeing what's happening in Asia, like China, maybe some of the pandemic issues in New Zealand and in Australia, I think what's happening is we're looking for, hey, let's go to the solid balance sheets, the buybacks, because we're seeing this massive divergence between large and small cap growth and value. The Momo flows are really interesting, and that's kind of something you want to look at, but At the same time, I think that a lot of people, hey, you know what? With the liquidity ruling right now, with the buybacks as they are, with low interest rates as they are, let's just stay the course and stay with what is working. Let's alleviate some of the risk. And that's, I kind of think, where we were last week in all of this. Again, this rotation away from certain areas of risk, the meme stocks, the SPACs. Mm -hmm. And I think that the fact that we're looking at very substantial technical support is, is something to really consider in a time when there is no real good answer about the vaccine's efficacy in terms of this new Delta variant that they're already marking down. Lot to absorb this week. Lot to absorb. And just things that we are been talking about with our clients, things that we are looking at from an investment perspective here. So something you want to maybe think about as well for your portfolio. And if you're looking for an advisor, hey, wink, wink, shove, shove. Something to think about. And if you already client, hey, you know what? If you've been a listener for a while, tell your friends about what we're doing here. Make sure they also are, are told, hey, you know what? You too could become a disciplined investor. It's available. It's out there. All right. So with all of that, that ramble on, that kind of discussion, I think it's time that we really do break into how to get into the research components beyond just what we're looking at from the obvious. So let's get right to our guest. And our guest today is Sean Brown. He's the CEO and president of YChart, which is an investment research platform 
that enables smarter investments, better client communications, and focuses on helping advisors deliver more value to their own clients. It's also an invaluable platform, as I see it, for individuals, retail investors. So with us today, we have Sean Brown, as I mentioned. And uh, yes, okay, he has a lot of incredible background. And yes, he is a Cubs fan. And Sean, what's with your Cubbies? Wait, wait, wait. Did you say is a Cubs fan oh. or was was a Cubs fan? Oh, are you no longer a Cubs fan? Well, I don't even know a single player on the team now. So I, I don't even know what I'm rooting for. I'm going to a game tomorrow afternoon with a lot of members of our staff. And I literally know <laughs> the name of two players on the team now when I could rattle off the whole starting lineup two weeks ago. I know the whole Mets team from like 1972. Yeah, yeah, I bet, bet you, I bet you do. Is that is that back in the Keith Hernandez days? Yeah, yes, that, we had yeah, the Tom yeah. Seaver. We had Tom uh, Seaver. Yeah, 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 we had Cleon Jones. No, yeah, boy, boy, you're you're, you're aging yourself. Right, right Gil now. Hodges wasn't Gil Hodges back then too? Yeah. I think. Right? Yeah, I think I think Lou Gehrig too. You're, you're going way back. Yeah. Anyway, so I want to talk about white charts because one of the things that I know is that, and I know this, that research and good research of data is important to understand what's happening. You can use it a lot of different ways. And and I've always been a real big proponent of data that's clean. Now, that may mm -hmm. sound kind of weird to people that are listening that don't know what I'm talking about here, right? But, mm -hmm. but could you explain what that means first? why it's important for people to have data that is actually usable and clean. Sometimes they're called scrubbed or sometimes, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, different than, you know, junk. Yeah. I mean, listen, um, data is what you use to make decisions. If you're have a quantitative or a metrics based bone in your body. So garbage in garbage out, if you're not dealing with clean data, uh, you've got a flawed decision-making process. So, I mean, that's a fundamental thing we try to do is make data more accessible and digestible. So I'm going to roll it back a second here, and I want to ask you, which I don't know if I've ever asked you this. We've talked a lot. I, I know I've asked you, what was the what was the genesis of YCharts? Why did you start this? Well, I'll give credit where credit is due. Um, YCharts was founded six years before I arrived. I arrived five years ago, and and it was founded on the premise as a retail-oriented solution. Mm -hmm. And the, the fundamental premise is, was you shouldn't need a, a PhD in, in market analytics, nor uh, a budget to fill Fort Knox to make good investment decisions. And the original idea was there's a whole bunch of retail investors who need tools uh, to access in order to uh, grow their nest egg. So that's where we came into being. And, you know, we continue to love serving the retail market, but have uh, certainly put more and more emphasis over time to the institutional market. Because, you know, it's interesting. I, I've, I've been around a long time and I've, uh, as we just talked about with my understanding of the 1970s Mets, but <laughs> um, so I've been around a long time and, you know, there's been a lot of, there's a lot of services out there, right? I mean, you can have standalone and, and it's kind of almost like, um, you know, in a way there's, uh, is it like cable TV where you could buy a skinny bundle or you could buy a full cable system, right? Like, for example, uh, there's a there's a big name out there, we all know, I mean, like a Bloomberg or a Thomson mm -hmm. Reuters. You have to buy their entire package, for example, which is extraordinarily expensive for people that are just retail or people even uh, that, that don't have a major amount of revenue from their investment advisory or somebody else is paying for it. But you got to buy their entire package, like going to Comcast and saying, give me the, the ultimate. But you're like, I don't want the sports. I don't want the ballet. Yep. I don't want this. But it's like, well, then don't use it, but you still have to pay. Yeah. Uh, right. Isn't that what it's like? Yeah, it's 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 funny because I always hate when I'm getting stuff in a bundle that there are a lot of pieces I don't want. You know, I, I don't watch personally the Lifetime channel on my Comcasting Xfinity. <laughs> um, my wife does. But, you know, there, there are a bunch of channels we don't use. So I hate when it bundlings like that. Um, however, when, when you turn that to what we do. The thing I've always hated in financial analytics tools is you see nice platforms and then you find out you got to pay a bunch extra for right. certain features or for certain data sets. I can't stand that. Mm -hmm. Just give me the data and give me the personality through tools. So the thing YCharts tries to do, and we do have a couple versions of our software, but it's all included 
because you don't want to go sign a contract with uh, an exchange to get market data. And you don't want to go sign a contract with Morningstar as a retailer institutional investor in order to get good institutional data. We think it's important to bundle data and tools together in our specific space. Right. And I was, what I was going to say also no. was I think it's really important to recognize Again, I'm a user. I'm a happy user, and and the reason why we like it is that and we've been there, we've been around for a while. We've been around uh, probably mm -hmm. this is when you started, uh, mm -hmm. is when we we started with with this and, and broke off from it, some other ones that we well, were using. Well, we put it out as as we said when Keith Hernandez um, retired. That's exactly <laughs> when we started, and we took you on as a customer. <laughs> so, what's interesting is though that you have the the data that flows through comes from some great data sources. As mm -hmm. you said, garbage in, garbage out, of course. So you have like Morningstar data as an example for certain areas, and you can manipulate it, utilize it, screen for it. I think that's really great. One of the things that um, is, is I think, important is what I call the three pillars of research. And you have the quantitative, the fundamental, the technical. These all fit together. I call it quanta funda techna, just for mm -hmm. a little shorthand little thing there. And when you do some screening, which one I want, I want you to talk about, which we look under the hood and we look at the fundamentals of the companies, which I want you to talk about. Then we look at some of the technical analysis of the stocks on the charts, price-based, price um, which I want to talk to you about. So let's start with quantitative. I know that's something that you really worked on over the years to refine. Mm -hmm. So maybe I can can mention how I think these pillars all come together. And I'd love, Andrew, to hear your thoughts mm -hmm. uh, too. But the way we view things is quantitative analysis helps you uh, understand a lot of things about your choices and, and things like risk and, and, and items like that. Fundamental analysis is going to help you select a company or security that you feel good about and technical analysis and a lot of things we see helps you find the right entry and exit points. I, I pause there and maybe ask a question back to you mm -hmm. before I go into what we do on mm -hmm. quantitative, fundamental, and technical. Do you see the 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 intersection between those work in the same way that I do? Yes, very very much. I mean, it's it's almost um, a big giant filtering. It's a big information, and it, and then it, it it's kind of like a twelve lane highway that comes into a very nice single lane street at the end where you can really refine it all and break it down. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I do. And I, so many times I keep thinking when I hear you talk, I, I would love if there was a world where you were in sales for us because you just express <laughs> things so well on this stuff. But, you know, so so with, with, with quantitative, we have 30 years of data, 4,000 metrics on, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of security. So if you, you want to get into PE ratios or risk metrics, sharp uh, standard deviation correlations, a lot of stuff like that. Um, fundamental analysis, really anything either directly from uh, company earnings listings, all of the major metrics uh, and, and raw data all the way to the derived metrics. So you can, you know, know return on an equity and profit margins and analyst ratings and all of those things. And then on the technical side of things, it's obviously, you know, moving averages and relative strength indexes and, and, you know, technical charting. Mm -hmm. And so we, uh, not all of our users, you know, engage in all of quant fundamental and technical but we feel like we have an obligation for those that do to give them the tools they need so they can tie this all together into their investing methodology. So it's interesting because the charting part of it where I really like, so I use, I'll tell you, I use a different package for live charting, you know, live mm -hmm. tick by tick, moment by moment, minute by minute charting. Yep. Um, because I see a separation between the daily movement or the intraday movement, we'll call it the intraday movement, uh, mm -hmm. of, of a stock uh, or, or an ETF or a sector, whatever you want to call it, and the research component, right? There's research component, then there's the, okay, yep. put it into action kind of component. But yep. what's really, I think, extraordinarily helpful, because I personally am a visual, uh, you know, I could, it, 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 I'd rather see a million times to one a chart of the growth or not, or the raw numbers or what, however you want to present them of revenues of a company, then try to sift through the various cash flow statements. I, I totally agree with you. You know, you know I, and, and that won't surprise you as a guy who leads a company with the word charts right. in our name. You know, I, <laughs> right. picture, pictures worth a thousand words. 
And uh, it's hard to see trends through looking at a spreadsheet. Um, you can really see trends and things you're interested in, concerned about, or, uh, you know, uh, totally fascinated with mm -hmm. when it comes to a chart. Right. And so, you know, we are just, uh, you know, you're right. In research mode, that's the most likely time you're going to be sitting down with us and screening and charting and, and doing all kinds of things to help inform your decision. Yeah, because what, what we could do and what's, what, what I use it for, and you probably could see uh, some of those specs uh, from all your, you know, your clientele, et cetera, is I, I really the fundamental charting. It's called fundamental charting. That's what you mm -hmm. guys call it. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I can plot, I don't know, I can plot, I can plot a PE ratio or PEG ratio or whatever I'm particularly plotting uh, of multiple companies, for example, across uh, a chart and see where things are and where the trends are and what's happened over time. Or I can look at it against a totally different data set, possibly. I may be able to use a two axis and say, hey, what's the price and what's the, I'm making these things up, mm -hmm. but, you know, price earnings ratio or the ROE, whatever I want to do. So there's kind of a bundle of items where you can do that. You could also do that for economics. You could also do that, for yep. example, during COVID, you were the go-to yep. place where we could track what was going on with the case counts and the hospitalizations and all that. You had a direct feed so we could visualize it. Yeah, ex exactly. And, and again, you, you pointed out, um, you know, besides the 25,000 stocks and 80,000 funds that you could uh, research or chart against, we have an incredible amount of economic data everywhere from what, you, you know, the GDP to housing starts, the uh, price of gasoline to, um, you know, uh, just about anything, all the way to COVID statistics, mm -hmm. all the way to, to crypto related things. There are intersection points that somebody who's deeply interested in research is going to track. Um, you know, when you want to say, hey, how are COVID vaccination statistics tied to uh, initial jobless claims. Right. That may be something that for retail sales for retail that right, may lead right. you down a path towards right. the the brick and mortar retailers. And so we think all that data is all tied together, and we want to give it a common personality. So one of the other things that's really powerful, I, I like these. I like tools that distill information. That's what I like, mm -hmm. because there's a lot of information out there. There's a lot mm -hmm. of data points, and sometimes I don't know where to look and. Sometimes, you know, you get over-information, if you understand what I'm saying, right? Over, uh, you're getting too much. Well, you have a screener, which we use quite a bit. And um, it's evolved over the years. And as a matter of fact, in my book, The Discipline Investor, Essential Strategies for Success, there's a whole chapter on, as I call it, quantitative or screening criteria, unemotional. Here's the data. We want to have this particular level of earnings growth a year. We want to have this particular level of debt. Uh, we want to have this particular level of uh, volume in a stock. And you go through all these different things and you put all those criteria and then you say, okay, what data set am I working on? Is it the SP 500? Is it a bigger group? Is it the Russell 1000, 3000, whatever? And then spit out the data for me. Give me the information, right? You, This is something you've really worked on and I'm assuming is a pretty uh, well-used feature of the platform. It is in my home. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, every you described it well. There are qualitative factors you want to screen on. You know, hey, what index? What sector? What manager? What security type? You know, what's the dividend policy? What's the style? There's qualitative factors, and then there's the quantitative factors. And what we think there's a whole lot of investors trying to do is, hey, eventually. I want to do some deep dive research, but uh, I can't uh, do deep dive research on 25,000 stocks mm -hmm. or 80,000 funds. I want to get that down to a list of 10. And how do you do that? Well, what's your idea? What are your qualitative and quantitative criteria? You know, exposure points, whatever that is, you narrow it down through the screener to a list of securities. And then you can click into any of those securities and now go do your deep homework. You can pull up all the statistics from company number one. And I, and I should have said before you even get to company number one, you can apply your criteria for how to weight the narrowed down screen mm. and say, hey, I, I value earnings 25%. I value uh, cons dividend consistency 25%. Whatever that weighting is, it'll spit out your most 
highly, um, you know, the, the, the stock or fund that meets those criteria best. And that's the first one you start with researching, and then we can help you do that deep research. And that, sometimes they call that factors, right? Isn't that mm -hmm. a factor yep. analysis where we're going to yep. say, I, I don't know, I'm not a totally, I don't know, you sold on factor analysis? Is it something that is, is it, is it, it, it you know, there's a buzz, remember there was a buzz about it for a while. Yeah. Um, personally, I'm not overly sold on factor analysis, but I know a lot of people that are, and, and yeah. we find it our job, uh, maybe not necessarily to, to try to influence how people, do, uh, what people believe is important, but how to get at the answers given what they believe is yeah. important. So, so if you're all about, I don't care what the company does. I just want the relative, you know, the, the, the RSI to be the following. And I don't even care what's, what it's in. We'll help you do that. Now, right. what my opinion of that is doesn't really matter. Did I help you and my firm help you be successful? That's what matters. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. So the other thing about the screener, there's a kind of a reverse of the screener. So I, again, this is the way I look at it. And I may be a little warped when I look at things, but I look <laughs> at the screener kind of like, okay, here's, here's my criteria that I want. And then it gives me kind of those names, let's say as an example, mm -hmm. right? There's another way to use the, a similar feature that you have, which is, more of a spreadsheet format of data. So if I want to see, for example, give me the one, three, five, 10 year history of this grouping or sector of ETFs, mm -hmm. for example, it would yep. output that for me and I can see it all in one place and print it if I want or do something, whatever. Correct. I want you know, into a, into a comp table or something right. like that. And right. then, and then the neat thing I think we do is, you, you may want to look at that on our platform. You may decide I want to export that into Excel, keep it current using YCharts dynamic links to Excel, but I want to manipulate it in my own way in ways that YCharts never thought about. Um, we make it real easy to get that down into your spreadsheet and then do whatever you care to do with it. Now, it's funny you mention this because this is, this is an area that I am. Um, so one of the things we do in our portfolios is we do a, a pretty substantial screen and then we have to, do some look back and comparatives over different periods of the data. So we can actually do that inside of Excel. We create a bunch of macros to do, you know, the information, pull up the white uh, import, bring in, it's automatic, but bring in the Y ch charts information for these periods, kind of chop it up, put it back together. And then, you know, out comes the souffle, if you will. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, this way, there's no limitation, right? Let, let's, that's an important thing. No limitation yeah. on how either I can create the finest of research or muck it up, frankly, if I do it yeah. in, in a weird way. Um, but I can do whatever I want is my point. I have the freedom to do that. Yeah, you, you do. Um, but there's a new feature, I, and I'm not even sure you're aware of our, our new dynamic model portfolio. All right, um, writing this down. Feature. So the cool thing about the dynamic model portfolio is there are certain things we don't have data access to in our platform. Mm -hmm. For instance, if you happen to have investments in private equity ah. or you happen to have investments in baseball cards or something that is a security, it, it may not be securitized and listed, but it's a security to you. Um, we have the ability for you to give us the returns that you have through time. What is your period of time? Is 10 years, four years, six months, whatever it is, you can import those into our platform. Mm -hmm. And then we can help you see, assess an entire model or an entire portfolio that you have. You are not limited to securities that are pre-existing in our platform, which is super, super helpful if you've got alternative asset classes uh, that we may, may and should have no idea about. We don't want to stop you from doing your great work and being able to chart that, track that, tweak that, understand the risk characteristics of that on our platform. Which actually could be just nothing more than a summation of returns of your own personal portfolio over time, right? Could be. Yeah, so then Could you be. do a, a more of a deep dive analysis to understand um, what's yep. happening there. What's the most used feature of the platform? Do you know? You must know. 
Sure. Um, you know, a software company that they, they, you know, you know that you're always, you, you like, to, you like to, you like to verbally and through email ask your customers what you use, but honestly, modern day SaaS based software, you can see right. how people use the software. It is absolutely unequivocally the, uh, our dashboard. It's kind of the landing page for people to come in and see in a very tailored way, either news alerts, or performance characteristics associated with whatever they want to track. You know, if they, if they want to track COVID statistics, that's fine. If you want to track, you know, your models and their performance, or if, if you're just keep, interested in keeping an eye on the FANG stocks, um, everybody comes in and starts with our dashboard. But, 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 but the point is, I think that we need to expand on, is that the dashboard is not, well, it is created by you on first opening, but yet it can be fully customized. By the user. Yeah, drag and drop, fully customized by the user. Right. Um, you know, we'll, we'll help you set up your initial dashboard because maybe you don't even know what you want to track. Uh, but if you come in and say, hey, I've got uh, five different portfolios I like to take a look at, and I'm very, very interested in some candidate things I'm considering uh, acquiring, you can have alerts tied to those securities. Hey, when it gets above this, alert me. You can say, I want to see all relevant news. I want to see any changes in analyst uh, opinions on something mm -hmm. and come in and it, it's a place to start, you know, drawing insights that may lead you other places on our platform. So I know the answer to this because I've been doing this a long time, but talk to me a little bit about two things. One, what is the, what's the startup? What's the kind of learning curve uh, for someone who's new, assuming they know how to use a computer uh, assuming they have some understanding of the fact that they, of investments, because that's why they want to use this. Uh, and then do me a favor, add on the the kind of more of a, I think it's a relatively newer feature, which you are bringing on various advisors and people that utilize the platform to reteach it. Yeah, so, well, our, our goal, to answer your first question, is we started with the goal of having a, institutional quality platform that was easy enough for retail investors to use. So there are platforms out there. You happen to name, you know, uh, Bloomberg. That's, that's one of them. You need to understand command line prompts and, and a lot of things like that in order to do your work. Mm -hmm. and, and so you got learning to do. Um, if you can use Google, you can master our platform. It, it's all, um, you know, smart query. Type, smart query it's, yeah. it's smart query, yeah. completely smart query led, completely, you know, double click where you're interested, back up, easy to use, uh, you know, platform. Right. So uh, we think it's really, really intuitive, but we also think people are busy and people don't mind having a human being that's there to help them out on their learning journey. So one of the things we try to do at no extra charge to any of our users is to have an onboarding experience with one of our staff members who can guide them through the learning pr process. Cause not all of us like to experiment and a lot, all of us like to self-discover. Some of us like to see how it's done and then uh, mimic that. And so we do a lot of onboarding. And then um, I think to your, if I understood the second part of your question, um, you know, it really does come down to, uh, hey, if colleague number two comes on, there's an awful lot of things like dashboards and screens and and reports that you can share with your colleague, but also we're there to help your colleague onboard themselves and develop their own mastery. My second question was more so, that's great, but the second question was more so about like Charles Blayo and a bunch of other folks mm -hmm. who are doing webinars mm -hmm. and teaching various oh, yeah. techniques. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, understood. So, Listen, um, you've been a user of our software for a long time, mm -hmm. and there, there's, you know, uh, Charlie and, and people like Josh Brown, et cetera, et cetera. They've been using our software for a long time, too. And we tend to find some neat intersection points where they'd like to get their opinion or techniques out into mm -hmm. the, the broader domain. Right. And they think it's really helpful for them to use our tool, which they use on a daily basis to do that. So we'll come up and, and we also think, frankly, people get bored with hearing the voices of people who have <laughs> business cards that say Y charts. Right. So some friends of Y charts are hosting webinars where they're saying, hey, here's how I do what I do, or here's how you should look at gold. 
Um, we just had had a, a, a friend of, of the business who just happens to be a paying user come out and say, here's how you should think about gold and here's how gold's related to crypto may or may not be replacing gold in the mindset of uh, a flee from risk. And it was easy for him to use our tool as a vehicle to dynamically show what he was talking about. So, you know, we, we, we love when people not named YCharts employees or holding a YCharts yeah. business card think it makes sense to their business to teach people they want to talk to how to use our platform. Yeah, no, I think it's great. So uh, I don't know if you could tell us this, but any sneak peeks into, I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit, uh, into some of the things and maybe enhancements that you're planning for the future? Yeah, sure. Um, and I, I'd probably banner it under the fact that our big value proposition is to make the complex easy and the easy quick. So one of the things you're going to see more and more and more of that we do is we have this thing called quick flows, which you can think of like easy buttons. Um, we, we know our, our 8,000 customers well enough. We know the things they're trying to do. We can digitally see how they're progressing through our site. We know uh, when you hit certain certain pages and do certain things, we think you're trying to compare two securities together. So we make it real easy with the button to the right where you can click quick flow and it'll do that analysis for you, mm. sa saving you a couple minutes. So mm -hmm. you're gonna see a lot more quick flows. You're gonna see a lot more integrations to other platforms. You know, if, if you wanna import your holdings from a custodian or from a CRM or from a TAMP, we're doing an awful lot of integration work. Interesting. And, and, and we're also doing a, a complete redesign of our dashboard to make it even easier to have a f an unbelievable experience when you come to our site and say, here's what I'm interested in following. Ah. I mean, I, f I find that, you know, with, with so many possible things that are blowing in your face all throughout the day, right? You know, you, you're looking over here and then you're hearing, mm -hmm. you know, my, my system's got little noises if certain things happen. We just kind of just keep abreast of what's happening throughout the day. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, there's news. And then, of course, the Fed every 30 minutes is saying something. And, yep. you know, and um, it's, it's important, I think, to have that ability to, um, you know, have a consolidated area that doesn't flash stuff in your face necessarily, but just provides you what you need in a flat, non-3D, easy environment. Seriously. I mean, just sometimes, every once in a while, just let me just see the information. Yep. Please, please don't put anything shiny in front of me for a few minutes. Yep. And let me just understand what's happening, right? Yeah, so. you know, not all of us are traders. Right. A lot of us are investors. And and, and honestly, the trading screen where everything's going green and red, and I, that stresses me out. Yeah, no, I get it. I, I, I view research as something that your mind has to be decluttered, you know, uh, get your get your glass of bourbon and oh. and really start thinking through this and, and tell your kids to be quiet and stop stop yelling outside your oh uh, sorry i did i say that out loud about my family um, um but you know a screen that first of all visually is in the mindset you want to be in which yeah. is which is relaxed directed focused and, and the ability to dive deep but also doesn't stress you out so we we specifically spend a lot of time on ui to make sure that it matches the mindset that our users are in. Yeah, I think that's really important. Like I said, I have uh, created, and, oh, you know what? What's interesting is, so when I first started with you guys, you didn't have a lot of Excel integration. You had some, you had integration, mm -hmm. uh, but you didn't have like a lot of templates, for example. Mm -hmm. And we had a bunch of templates that we were using from other providers where it would bring in incredible amounts of data, crunch ridiculous amounts to make these one pages we had, and mm -hmm. all these really neat uh, looking uh, Excel documents for the purpose of, hey, you just load it up, print it, look at it. It's, it's right there. Or you just look at the screen. Mm -hmm. but it's right there. Everything that I wanted to see, not necessarily what Joe Investor B and and Sally Investor C wanted to see, what I wanted to see, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, but over the years, you've really increased and enhanced the Excel integration. Um, and actually, one of the things is you have a lot of templates that you've built. Yeah. So you have a whole template library, not only in the Excel, but also in the back end of the platform, the online platform to begin with, where, as we talked about earlier, like, well, where, where, how do I find, a, I don't I don't have to find the vaccine information. Well, 
You mm-hmm. have a lot of templates built in that. You have like a template library, right? Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we view Excel in a couple ways. First of all, there's some things some of our customers are going to want to do that they may be very, very unique on. And it's tough to build a software package that anticipates everything every customer could use. So mm-hmm. we want our customers to have the flexibility to achieve their objectives, which means um, we have a great way to help you solve your problems through Excel. And, and so the first thing I'd say with Excel is, the data is dynamically linked to your Excel spreadsheet. So it's constantly updated with market pricing and, and the things like that. Um, one of the things that comes with our service that says, hey, it's not just you go figure out what to do with Excel. We've got a team of Excel experts that's there for free or as part of a subscription, I should say, um, for no extra charge, is there to help you create or modify your spreadsheets to be used in Excel. So. The neat thing about Excel is it helps you do things uh, our software may not be able to do. The other way we view it, though, is it's a bit of a sandbox where right. we're able to understand, you know, if, if we put a template out there, we're able to see the uptake of their template. And we say, hey, that becomes a priority to build into our product. Right. If we see meaningful uptake from guys like you saying, wow, this is a really helpful spreadsheet. Guess what about a few months later, that's going to end up in our software. Yeah. So for example, one of the things that I have is I have a, a one particular spreadsheet that I look at quite often, which is called my EcoStat spreadsheet. Basically, it has a series of, I don't know, 25 charts that are brought in. Well, we have data, a data set, right? So all the data sets from all these different charts, for example, like the um, unemployment rate compared to yep. U.S. compared to Europe. Uh, mm-hmm. on a chart that has all sorts of nice colors that I like to look at and things of that nature, um, the initial claims numbers, uh, the VIX, uh, all these different charts, and I can utilize them and, and, well, frankly, utilize them in some of my writings or just for my research. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in one Excel spreadsheet where I just open it up. It takes a couple of seconds because a lot of data is sucked in, yep. and then everything just magically appears updated. Yep. So a good research tool, which is – a very customized research that I want to see in the way I want to see it with the data yep. that you're providing. Yeah. So. And and while you were explaining that, you also touched on what I love are our value props is you mentioned the word research. That's one of our value props. Another one is communication, mm. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes your insights are just for yourself. Sometimes you have to go in front of an investment committee or your, your, your brother-in-law at the Thanksgiving dinner table uh-huh. and persuade him or her or a client or, or something like that. So we, we love both our application and Excel, how it not only helps you do your work on research, but it also is a hugely helpful set of tools to help you communicate your insights. Right. Good stuff. All right. Well, Sean Brown, Whitecharts, whitecharts.com. There was uh, we have actually, you know, uh, somewhere around here. Uh, I know that we've talked about this and there's, um, Still, I think we're still in the thing. It's um, th- there's a fifteen percent off if you go to whycharge.com, sign up for a free trial. Well, the free trial is not fifteen percent off because yeah. there's no no fee for that. But yeah. if you mention the Discipline Investor Podcast uh, on the subscription, you get a fifteen percent off. It's only valid for new users. But uh, yeah. I thank I want to thank you for that. That was very nice of you. Appreciate it. Hey, we're, we're thrilled. You you are talking to a very very smart group of people. Um, and to the degree there's uh, uh, an opportunity for us to speak to them and see if we can also help them out, that'd be wonderful. Yep, great stuff. Sean Brown, I'd just like to say in the, in closing, go Cubs maybe tonight? I, I, I was worried that's how you would conclude uh, things. Are, are we able to scratch that from, from yeah, this recording? Yeah, yeah I'm going to make sure <laughs> I take it off. Yes, yeah, I'll, hey, I'll definitely Andrew, delete that. Andrew, it was, it was wonderful to catch up with you. All right, thanks, buddy. See you later. Bye. Take care. <laughs> that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the disciplined investor podcast. Listen, thanks so much for joining me. Have a wonderful weekend. We're ending in the uh, closing in on the end of August right now. So hopefully you are spending that time enjoying. I think things going to ramp up pretty interestingly as we get past labor day this year, as people get quote unquote back to work, whatever that exactly means in this environment, but kind of putting their head back in the game from a very uh, overdue vacation this summer. 
So make sure to uh, check out the disciplinedinvestor.com. Make sure if you are, in fact, interested in any of the topics that we discuss, hey, you know what? Send me a note. Go over to disciplinedinvestor.com, click on the Ask Andrew button, and send me in your comments, your requests. And, of course, check out all the strategies that we have all the way from minimum $10,000 with our Investology strategy to $50,000 with TDI Managed Growth to $500,000 for our, uh, our global allocations. Either way, if you want to talk, I am here for you. Listen, uh, I am available. Reach out. Let's get you disciplined in your investing process. Let's make sure that you are squared away and on the road to financial security. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you again next week. Nothing discussed in this podcast should be considered a recommendation to buy or sell any security. Past performance is no indication of future results. In addition, the information presented is not intended to be used as a sole basis of any investment decisions, nor should be construed as advice designed to meet the individual needs of any particular investor. Nothing herein constitutes legal, accounting, or tax advice, or individually tailored investment advice. Remember, investing involves substantial risk. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results, and a loss of original capital may occur. No one receiving or accessing this information should make any investment decision without first consulting his or her own personal financial advisor and conducting his or her own research and due diligence, including carefully reviewing any applicable prospectuses, press releases, reports, and other public filings of the issuer of any securities being considered. Please consider this for educational purposes only. As always, use your best judgment when investing. Horowitz & Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training. Advertisements are not related to the host or affiliates and are not considered recommendations by the host of the show or any affiliates of Horowitz & Company.